welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me today to look back on a rather eventful 2-0 win at Mansfield and ahead to Tuesday's game of Wickham Wanderers are our podcast regulars Chris Errington, Baron Cross and Jack Ball. Hi guys. Good morning. Good morning, morning Stu. Um, as I say, a rather eventful game at Field Mill on Saturday, Chris. Um, and a, a good three points for our goal. Uh, a very good three points, Stu. I apologise in advance for my throat. Uh, the voice sounding a bit uh, bit croaky today. So, um, so we've sorry got about colds coming our way, have we? Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was eventful after the game with what went on between Steve Evans and, and Derek Adams, so we can talk about that uh, in a while. But, I mean, the, the three points was the most important thing on Saturday, you know. We won't dwell too long on the, the 3-0 defeat by Blackpool last Tuesday, but it was a shocker. And if Argyle had gone to Mansfield and been beaten, I think, you know, the doubts, the doubters would have certainly, their voices would have got louder and louder. So to go to Mansfield and the first half was... Uh, pretty much one-way traffic in Mansfield's favour and Argyle did very well to get to half-time at 0-0 but I always think that if Argyle are 0-0 at half-time in an away game that's never a bad position for them to be in because the home team is inevitably going to push on in the second half and that's when Argyle have got players who can uh, find a bit of space and create problems and, and Graham Carey did that um, expertly one assist one a goal two nil win job done yeah, and Berham, when you look at the results elsewhere in League Two, I think Argyle have extended that lead now between them and the, the sort of playoff zone to ten points. So yep. uh, a good week, a good result all round. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I mean, when like Chris says, I mean, when you got to half time and you were thinking, God, I'd snap the round off for a nil nil here or a one one. I mean, it really was one one way traffic, and you're fearing the worst. But I mean, when you when you look at the table after the match, I mean, it makes for good reading, doesn't it? I mean, ten points with ten games to go. I mean, you'd have taken that back in uh, back in August, wouldn't you? I mean, it's um, it, it's looking promising. I mean, they've, they've obviously got to keep the pressure on now. They've got to keep ticking these these points off. Um, Stephen and you're flying, them, aren't they? I mean, they thank God. I mean, Chris was saying on the weekend, thank God we've got those two games out of the way with them. Time goes quite well. But it, it does look good, doesn't it? But um, yeah, Portsmouth and Stephen certainly look ominously good at the moment. And, and Jack, your uh, favourite player, of course, is Graham Carey. <laughs> nice for you to see him back to form and uh, making such a contribution for our goal. In a few of the prediction pieces, I've been saying um, I'm sure a free kick goal will come at some point, and it was good to see our goal uh, almost go back to what they were doing at start season and be threatening from set pieces. I mean, that's what Argo did so well earlier in the season. And I, I, in a piece I did before the game, I was looking at some of Mansfield's fixtures, and I don't think they've not scored at home since Boxing Day. So to keep them out and keep a clean sheet is, is no mean feat. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, that Argyle kind of gone back to what they were doing earlier in the season. And Chris, when you look at the team that started on Saturday, I think there were only two players that came in in January that started, Jacob Sokolik and, and Ryan Taylor. Yes, because of because of injuries. Uh, Kennedy and Sarsovic were out and you know they've both done well since uh, they've come to Argyle in January. So again, I think the fact that Argyle can go to Mansfield without players like that, creative attacking players like that, and still get a win very encouraging hopefully Kennedy and Sarsovic won't be out too long trying to get injury information about uh, about players from Derek Adams at the moment is getting even tougher I think he <laughs> he doesn't want to give anything away to the opposition managers about what our goal team might be uh, be coming up so the severity of those injuries we're not really sure of what we do know is that Sarsovic didn't travel to Mansfield which tells you that he's probably not that close to being fit Matt Kennedy did 
um, which suggests that you know they wouldn't have taken him all out to Nottinghamshire and back if there wasn't some sort of thought that he might be uh, available for Saturday. So presumably, uh, working on that basis, he might be back sooner than Sarsfield. Yeah, and Baron, obviously a lot was said after the defeat to Blackpool last week where our goal were so bad on, on the night. What was so different on, on Saturday? Good question. Um, it's, it's a difficult one. I don't, I don't think they... Not conceding the first goal. Yeah, I mean, they, did, they didn't yeah. play particularly well on Saturday. I mean, I, I think 2-0 was, was a brilliant result from the way they played. I mean, they had two shots on target and scored two goals. I mean... Like, like Chris says, I mean, probably that is what it boils down to is that they did just hold out in that first 45 minutes because they did have five or six proper chances, Mansfield did. I mean, it was poor finishing from their part, but by the same token, Argyle have got to do their bit and put the pressure on and make those fit those, those chances a little bit more difficult. So they did hold out, and like Chris says, getting to nil-nil psychologically at half-time is so, so important. And as Derek has said throughout the season, that first goal in the League 2 game is very, very important. And when... When Bradley uh, banged it in at the back post, I mean, it felt like everybody visibly lifted. Everybody started playing well. There was far more going forward. It felt like they could thread a few more passes together. And from there on in, I, Mansfield sort of tended to peter out, really. Yeah, it, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because reading the comments from, from Derek Adams post-match, he was there saying it's one of the best performances of the season. So <laughs> I think he was saying that for benefit of Stephen Evans rather than well, anybody else. Well, should we leave that until later on, mate, because we are going to go into the whole Derek uh, Adams. And, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, that was for Steve Evans' ears rather than anybody else's. <laughs> anybody else's. OK, well, as, as, as usual, we've had plenty of uh, reader questions coming in. Dave Searle's asking, what does uh, Nathan Blissett have to do to get time on the bitch? Uh, bitch, sorry. <laughs> bitch, on the... We haven't invested in a bleep machine just yet. <laughs> no. Um, well, uh, what do you think, guys? I mean, 15 grand has been, been spent on Nathan Blissett, but he's uh, not really had much of a look in so far. Yeah, I mean, I think Dave was, Dave was saying in his question, you know, Jimmy Spencer's been used rather than Nathan Blissett. Um, at the end of the day... Ryan Taylor is, is the number one choice at the moment as a striker. Uh, he's playing that hold-up role. Um, and Jimmy Spencer is, is the next closest thing to Ryan Taylor. So if Ryan Taylor comes off injured, as he did on Saturday, then you're looking for a like-for-like for like replacement, which Jimmy Spencer is going to give you, whereas I think Nathan Blissett is, is a slightly different striker. Um, so what does Nathan Blissett have to do to get time on the pitch? He's got to wait his time. There's chances are they've got 10 games to go. There's chances are that he'll get an opportunity at some point. And when he gets that opportunity, he's going to have to take it and prove that he's um, worth getting more game time. But uh, you know, Derek Adams is going to be picking and selecting players that he thinks can make a contribution to get Argyle promoted. So he clearly feels at the moment that Jimmy Spencer is, is the next best after uh, Ryan Taylor rather than Nathan Blissett. Yeah, Jack, what do you think? I mean, um, you know... Derek Adams called on, on, on Spencer last Tuesday for the game against Blackpool to, to come on and try and sh change things and I think he came on for Ryan Taylor on Saturday as well, didn't he? Yeah, Ryan Taylor was injured and so, so it, was yeah. a, it was a straight swap so you would you put Blissett on or Spencer on and, and you know he's he's clearly believes that Jimmy Spencer can do that one up front role better than Blissett. But, It'd be interesting to see actually because I think Torquay might be able to get him back on loan because obviously conference clubs can still make signings at the moment it would probably do good to get out and, and play some games maybe yeah I mean Taylor was injured on Saturday we don't know the severity of that and you know with 10 games to go in a season I wouldn't be giving anybody away you need as many players yeah. you possibly can have um, to to make sure that you're covered for the games because all it takes is an injury or two and Nathan Bissett might be back in the starting lineup, and I might have a really important part to play that's the thing you know you hear managers talk about squads don't you it's all about squads 
And at the, at the moment, it might not appear that Nathan Blissett's, you know, being involved that much. But who's to say in two or three games, he might not have a really important part to play. Mm. So he's got to make sure that when his chance comes, he's ready to take it. And it, it's Dave's asking, Jack, if um, Derek Adams seems to have no confidence in him. Do you think that's the case or, or not? Well, we got asked a few questions about this in the web chat last week. And the, the thing that people need to remember is Derek Adams sees these players in training every day. So you've got, you've got to... Especially with Derek Adams doing as well as he's done at Arba, you've got to sort of outside with the manager, I think, a lot of the time. But the, the, the one thing that I sort of contemplated was the fact that uh, Ryan Taylor became available, I think, after Bissett was signed. So possibly yeah. had timings been different with Bissett, might not be here. I don't know. That, I, mean, mm. I can't say that's definite. But to me, what it looks like is Argyle signed Blissett, Ryan Taylor was made available, Adams knew about what Ryan Taylor could do. He was brought in and Ryan. Oh, sorry, and Blissett's suddenly been pushed on the pecking order. No, Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But I that's don't think so, yeah, the manager made it clear he's been after Ryan Taylor for quite a long time. So but he wasn't made available until after Blissett was signed. Yeah, but he? he was ready for him to go for, for quite a while, quite a while beforehand. You need as many strikers as you can get. They're not, they're not the, over, the, they're not overburdening strikers at the moment by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you've got Garita was fit, wasn't he? Though, yeah, and they had Lewis Rooney. Yes, but Goodwillie left for reasons. Obviously, he, he did, and, and Rooney has never featured really in the first team, has he, at Argyle? So you have the four strikers, who are Garita, Spencer, Taylor and Blissett, and that's what you need, four strikers. But Taylor came in towards, much towards the end, didn't he? Yes, but it was going on for, for a few weeks before that. Is the, the, the confusing thing, well, the thing that I think a few fans are wondering is why spend £15,000 on a player that's not, not playing, and that's, that's the question, isn't it? Yes, because it, he's, one, he's got to get into the team yeah. and prove that he's worth it, but you've got to have a squad. You have to have a squad. And, uh, you know, he's got a bit of pace, a bit of power about him that perhaps, you know, Jimmy Spencer and Ryan Taylor don't have. He's slightly different. He's more in the mould of Garita, isn't he, than, um, uh, than the other two. And with Garita being out injured, and, and who knows, you know, how long he's going to be out for, um, it's a good job uh, Blissett's there. Because if you had just had Spencer and Taylor, he'd be pretty limited, wouldn't he? Yeah, uh, the winner at the weekend, of course, came away from home. I think that's is that eleven for the season. Eleven. Our goal yeah. I've got now. Yeah. So, um, an interesting question coming in from Richard Sloman, who's asking: Do the feels do the players feel more comfortable, stroke relaxed, playing away from home? Uh, recent comments from players and results seem to indicate so. Baron, do you, do you think that's oh, the case? I think, given given how difficult they've found it at home lately, it probably did them some good to get away. Um, I don't know if they feel more comfortable or relaxed. I mean, like like I say, I don't think they look particularly relaxed in that first 45 minutes playing at field. Well, they were under a lot of sustained pressure, not particularly comfortable. So I probably wouldn't wouldn't agree with that statement now. But I think in the short term, it would have done them good to get away and obviously to get another win under their belts. You can't argue with that away record. But I don't think it comes down to feeling more comfortable or relaxed now. I think I think it's, it's the playing style of the home yeah, side. It's it opens up space. Yeah. There weren't any counter-attacking goals on, on Saturday, but I think it... When Jake Jervis came on in the, in the second half, he made a big difference. He was able to exploit that space behind the left back. He was, he was roaming up the pitch for Mansfield. So I think generally it's the style of play rather than the fact they feel more comfortable or relaxed. It's definitely the style of play. They are better suited to playing counter-attacking football. When Argyle, one of the reasons Argyle have done so well away from home this season is that generally speaking, they've defended solidly away from home. Not always, but they've been able to repel the attacks of teams get them into the second half of games and then go on and win games in the second half when there's a bit more space. Baron rightly says, you know, Benning, the, the Mansfield left-back, was bombing up, up that left side. He was almost playing like a left-winger. Stuck Jake Jervis on with 25 minutes to go. And all of a sudden, Argyle are getting in behind Mansfield. And that's what led to the free kick um, that Argyle scored their first goal from. 
and then once Isla got themselves into that leading position, then away from home this season they've been good. I mean, it was just like Crew, Stevenage, Cheltenham, all sorts of games like that. Have Argyle played brilliant attacking football away from home this season? No, but they have dug out on an awful lot of wins. Yeah. Uh, let's get on to this uh, issue with the two managers then. It's uh, certainly caused a lot of uh, interesting debate and plenty of interesting articles for everybody to read. Uh, conflicting opinions from the managers on Saturday then. Steve Evans is saying that they, Mansfield made Argyle look like a poor team. Derek Adams kind of countered that and claimed it was the best performance of the season. So, uh, who's right, Baron? Well, uh, the, the timeline is quite interesting to this. So, um, I think based on the, the various quotes and bits and pieces we've seen in the conversations we've had with the managers at the weekend, it sounds like half-time, I think, something might have been said. I get the impression Steve Evans was, was really not very happy at all with the referee for giving Jakob Sokolik a yellow card rather than a red when he was in Steve Evans's opinion, the last man and he denied a clear goal-scoring opportunity. So going off the pitch, you can imagine Steve Evans has probably got in the referee's ear and at some stage, Derek Adams is either within earshot or has, or has crossed paths with Steve Evans at some stage and obviously some comments have been said. And we, don't, we don't know what's been said, let's be honest. We don't know who's telling the truth. But Steve Evans has suggested that, um, that Derek Adams has, has bragged that he's the best manager outside the Premier League. I don't know what conversation they would need to be having for, for Adams to, to announce that but that's clearly what, what Evans is, is suggesting has been said um, it depends on your opinion doesn't it really I mean Evans clearly has lost a match where he probably feels he should have won it's against a fellow Glaswegian a guy that's 12 years his junior um, a man who's clearly having better uh, recent success uh, in the fourth division so there's clearly a lot that Steve Evans wasn't very happy with but um Based on their appraisal of Argyle's performance, then you, I, I personally would probably rather see Steve Evans' opinion. I think Chris can tell you more about Derek Adams' reasoning for, uh, for speaking the way he did after the match. Yeah, I mean, one thing I always say is that Argyle don't go away from home to be attractive, entertaining team. Like, when you're away from home, you go to do a job and get a result. Um, did Argyle look a poor team? In the first half, they looked a poor team. But at the end of the 90 minutes, which was the team that came away with the three points, it's not always about style points and things like that. You go and do a job, and, and Argyle did that job. And, and once they got the first goal, you know, Mansfield did run out of steam. Steve Evans was obviously frustrated about the way the afternoon went. The incident Baron talks about where Sokolik was booked, it was one of those ones where it was a really cynical foul that Sonny Bradley was covering. There was no way that was a clear goal-scoring opportunity and if Steve Evans looked at a replay of that and saw the incident again and we were sat together, there's no way he could convince me that was a red card offence. As Baron rightly says, something's gone on in the, dress in the tunnel, the dressing room area at half-time between Evans and Derek Adams. Derek Adams is never a manager that strikes me as though he's going to back down from anybody. Um, they've had words and um, it was quite interesting because Baron um, spoke to Steve Evans first and um, as the other media did and uh, relayed what had been said when we saw Derek Adams and um, I've not heard Derek Adams laugh as loudly as I have done in nearly two years I've known him when it was put to him that uh, he told Steve Evans that he was the best manager outside the Premier League and uh, again he didn't back down he didn't try and flat bat it um, you know, he came out and, and said what he said about Steve Evans, denying that the words that Steve Evans had used were, were true. Um, something's gone on. Yeah. We'll never know. Yeah. Something's gone on. Derek Adams has said something that's hurt Steve Evans. Um, but my name's is a lot in football and things like that. And um, 
you know, it, it seems to be an increasing part of modern football. Uh, managers know that, that things are going to get relayed to other managers. Um, in the world that we live in, in social media and stuff like that, it all sort of um, can uh, can take hold of its own course of events. And um, it, it, let's be honest, from, from Baron and I's point of view, it makes for some great copy. And um, uh, I suppose you'd have to say, looking back on it, you know, Steve Evans is, is frustrated. And, and Derek Adams, you know, calling it the best performance of the season. It wasn't the best performance of the season, but I bet it was the one he enjoyed most. Yeah, but Jack, as an Argyle fan, when you when you sort of read these stories and hear what's been said, what, what's your what's your take on uh, on Derek Adams? I imagine he's the sort of manager that as a fan you love to have. Well, to me, Derek Adams has beaten Steve Evans at his own game, and I think that's probably what Steve Evans isn't like. I think as a fan, you like to see a manager that's passionate, and Derek Adams is definitely that. You see him on the touchline shouting. Giving, giving, you know, giving a bit of grief to the full fish every now and again, sh- shouting at the odds, his arms flailing. And it's much better as a fan to see that than someone just sat with their arms crossed looking like they'd rather be anywhere else. So as far as I'm concerned, Derek Adams is, is, is doing a great job and it's nice to see that he cares about, visibly cares about, about the club. Yeah, I think to back up what Chris had said, um, I tried to follow up. Uh, Steve Evans had given these quotes largely to radio, so I tried to follow up sort of in a very, very small written press section and when he asked who had worked for, I said the Plymouth Herald, and he said, oh, I'm, 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 you've heard what I've just said, I'm not going to expand on that, I know you lot love Derek Adams, I've read all your stuff about him, so just to back Chris's point up, these managers do read these things, and I think that was entirely in Derek's mind when he was saying that, he knows Steve Evans is going to yes. read it, and he knows even though they're not going to play each other again this season, it's one up isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and their paths will almost inevitably cross again at some point yeah. in time, so, um, you yeah. yeah. uh, we had We had a comment that was put on uh, one of our Facebook posting uh, one of our Facebook things saying um, that Derek Adams he doesn't need to be liked by opposition managers now obviously this isn't the first time it's happened with Derek Adams I can think of bust ups with uh, Gareth Ainsworth Paul Cook Graham Wesley now of course Adams does he need to be liked Baron do you think or, or not? In, an, in a word no uh, I think that Frank Harper is one of our regular readers on Facebook and he actually responded to one of Chris's posts on Facebook and said um, no, unless it's a sort of a higher league manager, perhaps who, who we might well call upon for um, for a loan favour. But I don't think Adams is going to think that through that clearly. I mean, if somebody's going to cross him, then he's he's going to say say what he thinks. So no, I don't think it is important that he's liked by opposition managers as long as he's winning matches as he did on Saturday. That's all that matters. And I think Steve Evans has got a a reputation, that, and people are very familiar with 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 the sort of person he is and how he operates. And, and I think they would fully expect Derek to. Um, to respond to those comments from Stephen, so now I don't think it's important. Yeah, does anyone think it is important that he's liked by, by other managers? No, I don't, I don't think so. He's, he's not, it's not about winning friends, it's winning points, isn't it? Winning football games. And, uh, you know, mind games are part of, of how things work. And, um, you know, uh, and, and in Eric Derek Adams' defence, I don't think those, those names that you've listed, Stu, he, he's necessarily fallen out with them. I mean, Gareth Ainsworth, the, the incident on the uh, side of the pitch after the game at Home Park last season. Um, Graham Wesley, I'm not sure that was necessary. Derek Adams that caused that incident and that fallout. So, you know, but as I said to you before, he, he doesn't back down. You know, he, once he sort of, uh, you know, st- sticks to his guns, and I, I like that. So, you know, I, I well, have a problem with it. It's interesting, the, the names that I read out there, I mean, they're all similar type of characters within football and have a reputation for being... Yeah, sort of uh, strong arguments characters. To, yeah, arguments strong to characters, characters really. Yeah, but, but I, I, you know, I haven't got a problem with that. If you can, I'd, I'd rather have that in lots of ways than somebody that you feel is a bit too timid and, and not forceful enough. I think you know, 
in League Two, your manager needs to be the real figurehead of the club. You know, perhaps in the Premier League, where you've got directors of football and chief executives and staffs of millions, you know, um, it's a different matter. But, you know, Derek Adams at Argyle is very much the leader of that football club. And he sets the tone. And so he needs to be strong and stick to his beliefs. And, and you know, if, if he feels that... Uh, you know, people are trying to get one up on him, he'll, he'll sort of answer back and um, yeah, I, I haven't got a problem with it. As I think as Baron said, if, if you're going to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk mm -hmm. and, and his track record at Argyle over the last two seasons is, is pretty good. So just finally on this subject then guys, is Derek Adams <laughs> the, the best manager outside the Premier League, Jack? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, the natural inclination is, is to obviously sort of look at it in pecking order in leagues, isn't it? And say, yeah, obviously all the championship managers are going to be better than the league one managers and etc. But um, when you look at it, he's probably clo he's probably closer than might I initially thought. I mean, he's clearly doing quite a good job with Argyle. He's certainly not the best. I mean, I don't think he's number one, but he, he's, he's certainly, I would say, you know, in, in the top top 20 managers, let's say, across those three divisions based on the record they've yeah. got. I mean, managers don't get a lot of time. It's how you rate them as well. well exactly. Some managers, yeah. for example... I really like Derek Adams, people know, but he didn't win promotion last year. If he had, his record might not be so good. Yeah. Some managers win promotion and they're in a much higher league, mm. tougher league. Yeah, so you've got, to be, relative, you've got to be tested, and yeah, it's exactly. all relative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, two points I'd make about that, I suppose, is I think Derek Adams' record 80 league games for Argyle, 45 wins. That's, that's pretty darn good. You know, that's well over 50%, and I think any manager that wins over 50%. He's 41, he's had, what, eight years of managerial experience. I think what I'd say about him, he's an up-and-coming manager. I wouldn't say he's the best manager, but he's definitely, if you said, who are the sort of up-and-coming managers in the Football League, he's definitely, mm -hmm. he's definitely one of the top mm -hmm. few, I would say. Indeed. So looking forward then, guys. Um, huge game tomorrow night for Argyle away to Wickham, of course. A club that don't hold too many fond memories, especially for you, Jack. Thanks, um, <laughs> yeah, running, running off that bus. You yeah, did like yeah. That running bit. Did you, it was Jack? a bad night all round. I think that Tuesday night in the uh, for the playoff game. Uh, Wickham, though, a funny team. Never an easy time to go there and play Wickham. They're only three points outside the playoffs, though, but only one win and eight. So um, they need the points as much as Argyle do right now, Jack. Yeah, Argyle, as Chris has said, Argyle's record under Derek Adams on the road has been fantastic. But Wickham are a very tough opposition. They've got some great players got some very physically strong players and I think that Argyle will have to be on their best physically as well as you know they're gonna to have to put a tackle in and be be able to deal with that but we all know the the, the horrors of uh, Wickham over the last few years um, and it'll definitely I think be be a place where Argyle fans would like to be celebrating for once rather than uh, com you know commiserating. That said though Chris I think Argyle's record at Adams Park has not been too bad since that playoff game has it? Uh, they, they've had over the years if you take out the playoff semi-final over the years we've, we've played quite a few Tuesday night games at Adams Park and got a good record um, so um, so if you look back on history you know and ignore the playoff semi-final they've done well there but I'm not a big believer in looking back in history too much because it's two different teams compared to this time compared to previous ones um, you know, Wickham will play in much the same way as, as Mansfield did, I would think. I would think that Argyle might well have to uh, face a, a bit of a barrage like they did against Mansfield in the first half. And, you know, sounding, you know, not, this is an obvious thing to say, I suppose, but, you know, again, if Argyle can get into the second half and they're on level terms, then that will be a good position for them to be in and, and hopefully try and get uh, some more points. But, uh, yeah, Gareth Ainsworth, Wickham fantastic uh, job he's done at Wickham um, you know they, they definitely don't have one of the biggest budgets around and uh, what he's achieved there consistently since he's been there 
yeah, very impressive. And, and they have got some good players. I mean, everyone talks about Hakan Femer and, and how can you not because he's such a big name in the in football. But uh, um, they've got some good players all through their team. And I tell you what, they, they drew 0-0 uh, um, with Blackpool at home on Saturday. And the goalkeeper, Jamal Blackman, made uh, two fantastic saves. Mm. One from a penalty, one from Brad Potts, where he literally clawed it from almost behind the line, but not quite. And uh, he's a very good goalkeeper, that guy. Yeah. He's uh, an up-and-coming keeper. Um, so no, you know, if, if Argyle aren't at their best, or very close to it, they could come unstuck against Wickham. And finally, Baron a win for Argyle, and promotion is looking very much on the cards, isn't it? Oh, we, we get, I mean, we, when you start doing the maths, we're getting to that stage, aren't we now? I mean, people were saying after, after Saturday, you start counting up those wins, and if you can get a few more of those away wins, then we're getting closer and closer. And like I say, I mean, it'll be nine games to go once the Wickham match is out of the way, and you do start looking at the maths, don't you? So an, another win there. It's another win on the way, but um, obviously nothing's nothing's decided yet. No, that's right. Well, guys, thanks ever so much for joining us on the podcast uh, this week. That's it from us. Thank you to those out there who sent in questions. We'll be back again at the same time next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.